<laughs> Bow your shits! The real war isn't between a few squabbling houses. It's between the living and the dead. Winter is coming. Why are all the gods such vicious cunts? Chaos isn't a pit. Chaos is a ladder. I'm the shield that guards the realms of men. You know nothing, Jon Snow. I drink and I know things. You're the worst shit in the Seven Kingdoms! Death is the enemy. The first enemy and the last. I am the god of jits and wine. Welcome back. My name is Chris. My name is Andy. And I am Steve, first of his name. <laughs> this <laughs> is Streaming Things Binge and Nerd. Welcome back. We're so excited. Uh, this is episode two of the newest Game of Thrones season, season eight. Uh, if you're new to the show, typically uh, we do all of the episodes of Stranger Things, and uh, we had uh, quite a wonderful little following from that. We delve into other properties from time to time during the off-season uh, to varying success, uh, and we're in need of some help right now. We took a long hiatus, and our listenership has not quite gained what it once was. Uh, I tried to say some kind of wonderful, fantastical Bilbo Baggins-esque phrase there, and it just kind of fell off, so we'll ignore it. Uh, but <laughs> we, we want our viewership to go from there to back again, is what Ooh, we want to nice. do. Threw in the old Bilbo. Uh, yeah, we once were the finest podcast in the South Farthing, and now, <laughs> now we're not. We used Ooh, to be deep cut. Thrill. Now we're like bronze. <laughs> right. Uh, so email streamingthingspod at gmail.com. Uh, let us know what you're thinking. I know that we've had some audio struggles with our, our new locations, uh, and we're still getting back into the swing of things, but I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. So tell your friends about it. Um, yeah. We've got a few uh, marketing ploys up our sleeves yet, but enough about the podcast. So we're discussing Game of Thrones nowadays as the world, you know, is um, a night of the like seven it's the, kingdoms. It's the only thing that is going on in the world, right? That's, it's just oh, Game of yeah. Thrones. No, nothing well, else there's two things. There's there's Game of Thrones and then there's like some kind of weird cult of folks who do not watch it. Which is fine, but they're they're doing that thing where it's like they really want I'm you not to a know. part of the group, so I'm special and I want to form my own group, ironically, of people who don't watch it. So like yeah. I still really want to be a part of a group, it's clear. It was basically our lunch table in high school. I saw a meme <laughs> that said uh, people who don't watch Game of Thrones are the new vegans. Ooh. And uh, I was like, yes, they just want to announce it. Right. Uh, so there's that. But anyway, um, for those that do watch it, maybe you're listening to this this podcast. And I know there's a lot of wonderful Game of Thrones podcasts out there, but we we bring our own special little something to it. And we're just mm -hmm. so glad you joined us. It's our own little um, secret sauce. <laughs> <laughs> episode two of season eight uh, was was titled much after the fact, A Night of the Seven Kingdoms. I prefer the first title. Episode 69. <laughs> nice. It is so funny now. It's like breaking news that the episode that you just watched, this is what it was called. It's like, it, it, it was, it's a reveal what, what the episode's called. Do you, do you I actually think like Night this zeitgeist better. Do you think it spoils anything? No, but what I had, uh, what I had heard is um, that there is an episode title 
this season that is very spoilery. And mm. so the powers that be, the small council of HBO, if you will, decided nice. not to show any of the titles ahead of time just to hide it all completely rather than just, ooh, why is this title hidden? What's going on? So Because that, that in itself would be a spoiler. So that's what they but, went with. That okay, kind of reminds enough. me of... Um season six i was getting you know i was talking to some friends who watched the show and i was getting real hyped about that season's ninth episode which was titled battle of the bastards mm-hmm. and i was like oh man yeah. i can't wait for this major battle that's going to happen between john and ramsey and my buddy's like dude no spoilers i don't want to know what happens and i'm like it's in the episode <laughs> title it's called battle of the bastards how do you not know right. it's coming he's like i don't pay attention to that shit and it's like oh well touche yeah, fair <laughs> enough yeah Speaking so. of uh, paranoid spoilers on the part of HBO, um, I was telling Andy earlier, I had a, a friend who doesn't even watch the show and I'm extremely spoiler averse as Andy knows. And it's Steve as well. Like I don't watch trailers as if I can avoid them. Um, I don't watch next week on Game of Thrones. I don't even like to read fan theories that much in case somebody's really intelligent and plants a seed in my brain that I can't let go. Um that I didn't organically come up with on my own. It's a little crazy actually. But so he calls me, he doesn't even watch the show. He wants to play poker cause he's in town and I'm like, I can't, it's game of Thrones. He's like, you're a nerd. Uh, also I heard that, uh, Arya chick gets some D tonight. And I'm like, what, <laughs> what? what are you talking about? Well, HBO tweeted that she's 18. So I figure that's what's going on. <laughs> and I'm like, they wouldn't do that. You're ridiculous. And it turns out they did that. Did right. they, I really hope they all they tweeted was she's eighteen. Like no, <laughs> no, no Andy has the full scoop on the tweet, but I just think it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, what's basically, the full scoop? Like, it's like it says like by the time you're age eighteen in Westeros, you should have pretended to be the opposite gender in order to flee to safety, have a kill list, and kill some people on that list, become no one, and then something else. And you know, people in the, I didn't see that tweet until after I watched the episode, and. Uh, in the comments, uh, people were like, oh, apparently Arya's getting it down tonight or getting dick down tonight. And uh, people were like, no, no way. That would never happen. And I guess this episode leaked, too. And so uh, I saw a reply to a comment that was like, yeah, no, it leaked again. That totally happens. And it's like, fuck. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the fan base is intelligent. Their uh, first thought was, why are you reminding us that Arya is 18? And then they took the logical conclusion. Anyway, I just right. cannot believe that well, HBO was so afraid of... Uh, backlash in their that, defense uh, one of the trending Google searches uh, immediately after the episode was Maisie Williams age sure so. <laughs> sure and Steve himself admitted to the uh, 100% me <laughs> I think that, she I does think look, that trended she does just look from my young, phone alone I was like honey get all the phones in the room get them all working <laughs> together we gotta crack the code what is her age I mean they <laughs> the things that they've done like reportedly hiring birds of <laughs> training birds of prey to take down camera drones and after all of that your you know your PR <laughs> specialist on your Twitter account is gave me the biggest spoiler of the last two years you know what I mean um, dude I want to show which about is just that. any hint of plot at all but they not hired, a big deal they hired bird they were hired <laughs> they, they had birds That's what I taking down drones I imagine the job <laughs> interview so, right. so how many mammals do you kill on an average day you know <laughs> Mr. Falcon please come into my office and land on my arm I have some questions for you well, it's great to call this a working interview. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we've got a shitload to cover. I, I text Steve a picture of my notes that was tiny 
freaking the movie seven. You know what I mean? All those notebooks filled with tiny scribbles. Um, and that was just the first 28 minutes of the episode. And I was like, holy shit, I'm going to need Steve to take over the play by play at that point. Cause I gave up. Well, before we get into the play by play, just what were you guys initial, just your general thoughts of the episode? What'd you guys think? Yeah. Overall, Andy, what'd you think? Uh, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, I, I put out a tweet. I said, episode 69 Winterfell again because it basically <laughs> is like a continuation of the of the last episode part of me feels like they almost would have been better served combining the two even just having like you know like they promised us really long episodes every season i, I feel like beat for beat there wasn't any one thing that um could have prevented them from you know not delaying these payoffs, little things like, well, obviously it's not a little thing, but John finding out that he's actually the rightful heir to the Seven Kingdoms and then eventually telling Danny. I feel like um, as far as like the pacing of a single episode, all of that could have worked in one. Um, now, having said that, I actually was poking around on Reddit earlier today and I, I thought uh, there was a person on there that sort of summed up the first two episodes beautifully. Uh, they, they said, episode one, everyone says hello. Episode two, everyone says goodbye. And I thought that was dope because that is, is you know, a yeah. really bittersweet thing. These are all people that are facing their mortality and they know it and how they um, act out in those last few precious hours before what is probably going to be a lot of their deaths uh, is really telling as to who they are, the journey that they've gone through, who they've become. Um, you know, I don't want to get into the specifics of it because, you know, we'll recap it, but I, it was, it was fantastic. Chris, would you Steve? No, I tossed Ooh. it to Steve too late. Uh, well, I mean, kind of, kind of to go off of what you said, Andy, I, I really liked one. I forget which one of the, it was, but it was one of the double D's in the behind the thrones thing about this episode um he described episode two as um our last our last night together like our last night with these characters so mm -hmm. uh if anyone if anyone ever played mass effect the game it's mm -hmm. like before you head out on the final mission you get to hang out in the citadel with everybody and party and uh and this is the episode like at the end of the episode a window would pop up and say like you this, you can't make any more choices yeah. beyond this point please save your point are you are you sure you want to continue <laughs> right yeah. but uh overall i I, like, I, no. I really i really enjoyed this episode i thought it was really really good there was some really wonderful moments and it was just it was one of the few examples of a game of thrones episode where there was just a lot of wholesome satisfying things happening you know yeah. that doesn't come very often in game of thrones and so when it does it means more and so like this episode meant more because of that mm -hmm. chris yeah um devendra hardawar tweeted uh, it's a, a critic that i follow pretty heavily and uh right after the episode he tweeted what i took from tonight's episode is that tremendous amounts of fan service can be good with a question mark, you know, and it's, um, I think it's done well when you weave it into the plot and, uh, uh, a, a lot of the writers, uh, and showrunners talked about this being the, the love letter to the characters. And, um, I think a lot of people are saying this could be their favorite episode of all time. And I, wow. I think there's some recency bias there, but I mean, I totally get it. I mean, everyone is totally at the top of their game in this episode and so many of these arcs and plots at least that have to do with the interactions of the characters themselves um 
come to fruition, you know, this is the climax for, for the emotional plots for the most part, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, um, I mean, just every actor, uh, we'll, we'll get into detail later. is just a, totally at the top of their game. Um, and, and I also think that there's a lot of, um, like I see the machinery behind the scenes going on in this episode. And I think a lot of these beats are meant to make the punch more effective later. Right. I mean, game of Thrones yeah. is, is really good at just picking you up and patting you on the cheek and kissing you right before he kicks your teeth out. Mm. And <laughs> what I think is genius is I can't pinpoint a single character in and of itself where I'm like, Oh my God, they've, they've totally set this up to, for me to be extremely upset because they've done that with literally everyone. You know right. what I mean? I mean, not to spoil what we're going to talk about later, but you know, we have all seen it or we wouldn't be listening to this. So, you know, you've got, you're Tyrion and Jamie, you're, you're Jamie and Brienne, and then you're missing day and, and Grey Worm and oh no, Grey Worm's fucked after that. But then, oh no, like literally everyone has something amazing that would be a, a wonderful way to go out on, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I just, I can't keep a handle on who's going to go and how, how, you know, where I'm going to be most sad. Um, so I think it's genius for that reason. Um, the writer is Brian Cogman and he's, he's famous uh, on the show for being the best at the the talking heads, you know, intrigue, emotional game of Thrones. And a lot of people had after season seven, which Andy, you know, has spoken out against. Um, and a lot of people have the, the sheer spectacle of season seven, Hmm. that this kind of episode that this episode just was, was never going to happen again. And they were, you know, lamenting that version of game of Thrones being, you know, kind of days past. And so it was really good to see it for that reason. Um, anyway, that's my overall thoughts, which is still pretty deep. Um, so I guess we should do we a could, prediction at the end. You know, what I mean, at, uh, at the end of this episode, what, I've got a few who, who we think is going to die. Yeah, me too. Me too. I've got a few. Um, okay, so we'll just we'll we'll just we'll just take it there. I do have a few things. Um, so, Night of the Seven Kingdoms, uh, I think, is supposed to allude to uh, obviously Brienne, but also Jamie. I believe is what the writer said. Um, so it opens with Jamie Lannister on trial, uh, and just right away, just this no pun intended, stark shot uh, of Jamie and his new grizzled brownie beard, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just looking prideful, so but horror dope. stricken. Right. Right? so dope. I know. <laughs> I was watching dope. it for the third time like, God, he looks good there. I want him, uh, I want him to hold me. That's all I want. <laughs> you and like the rest of the world, buddy. Like a giant suckling you. <laughs> um, my, my first impression on the rewatch um, cause I didn't think a thing of it. I mean, I loved it all the way through the first time it is that, uh, so Danny, um, she's first of all, she's sitting in the middle now in the first episode, she was off to one side. So now she's taken her rightful place as queen. Uh, John as now warden of the North is off to one side. And then the lady of Winterfell is on the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's already like there, right, this is what I do. It's go time. And then, um, Jamie starts to talk and answer for his crimes. And Danny ends up forgiving him after Sansa and John's lead a little bit. Mm-hmm. But Brienne's input, I think really oh, is major, the but I just mean, did Sansa. you find that believable having Danny's? I mean, she's hated him her entire life. Mm-hmm. I never thought about it the first time through, but is it a little too quick? Despite what anybody else in the room says, I mean, she's literally dreamed of killing this man her entire life. Right. And she's I, like, I, we're not going to kill him. Okay. You know, I read it more as, um, she, cause she kind of looks around the room. Like when she realizes that Sansa's sided with 
Brienne and then John right in that in that whole scene John seems like he's just kind of like doesn't even want to be there because a he's mm-hmm. trying to avoid Daenerys but also he's probably like why we're we doing this we need to prepare for the dead um right. I think it was more Danny just saw that she was out- outnumbered on her hatred for yeah. this guy because everyone in the mm-hmm. room seemed to be okay with him to a point where she was the only one that wanted to cast him out sure there's there's so many little tidbits uh, to love about this back and forth um so first as soon as Tyrion says that Cersei's lied and that's why he's there to say this right uh so many clever lines but it's not like overly clever which Andy always picks up on uh, so she immediately gives Tyrion this scathing look and you can almost see him shrink like I failed you again um and Peter then shrinklage she shits Sorry. on Jamie because she's like so you've brought me one man with one hand, you know, what I mean? it's right. like, that's funny. Cause he has one hand. And then, uh, <laughs> Jamie surprisingly defends himself with, I would do it again. Right. I was just protecting my house, my family. And I thought that was ballsy and shocked me, but also he's totally right. Yeah, and yeah. then Bran out of nowhere, the things we do for love. And that was awesome. <laughs> Fucking you know Bran, I mean? dude, swear to God. <laughs> Jamie's I, like, Oh fuck. I could have used an entire episode of just Bran interjecting. And then Jamie just like whipping his head and locking eyes with, them dramatically every time that happened in this episode i was like oh yeah (laughs) yeah so it's i think it's so funny because then so then brienne stands up and rescues jamie just like he rescued her call back there right and get in Mm -hmm. front of the bear right so now i'm getting in front of you vouches for him with a bunch of really true shit and you can see how it affects sansa and uh and she comes you know comes around because she trusts brienne um and then john brilliantly played because all of his shit is still going through his head right i'm aegon targaryen this is my aunt oh my Mm -hmm. god and so when it comes for him to speak she's like what do you think king of the north you know he's like i mean we need every man we can get you know his voice cracks you can tell he hasn't been paying attention and this is like major and he hasn't been paying attention i love that Uh, Tyrion's intake of breath i caught on the second viewing um, like as soon as Danny says, okay, we'll let him go. You could, it cuts yeah. to Tyrion and he's like, <gasps> and oh, it, that's just amazing. Like he hasn't been breathing the entire time. Cause he's seen how quickly Danny can just decide to roast people with dragon fire. Right. 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 Um, that's just brilliantly played. And then John gets up and walks away and Daenerys is like waiting for an embrace or some kind of acknowledgement. Uh, so there's all this tension built up. It cuts to Sansa and it cuts to Brienne's longing look and cuts to J- uh, Jamie's um, thankful, terrified look and mm-hmm. Tyrion and all these emotive faces. And then it cuts to Bran's like just <laughs> placid face at the very end. And I crack Again, up every time. They just need to cut to Bran at every dramatic pause <laughs> in the story. Just like just cut to him. You'll get a laugh every time. It just think like I just picture him cut to Bran and he's just in his brain thinking, is the top still spinning when Inception ends? I, mean, I really think it is. Like, it's just, you know what I mean? That's where his head's at. I like um, to imagine him just revisiting Sansa's wedding night. That seemed to be a big deal for him. Yeah. 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 There's a bunch of people going so around like, now he's going to say something to uh, Arya in the next episode. Like, he looked so beautiful last night. <laughs> he's just watching all his sisters. Um, there's actually, if you watch the episode again at any point, there's a scene when they're in the war room uh, and they're trying to plan you know should we go right for the night king whatever uh it's a shot where like i guess um uh isaac Hempstead right didn't think he was on camera or something or mm. was like you know playing brand but not 
really in it but like <clears throat> he's in the background and slightly out of focus but he's like eyes wide and like mouth open a little bit and then like he cuts <laughs> to him again and he's he's doing like his his stoner beatles look but like for a split second there it's like oh shit like there's a little bit of uh you know acting going on or not acting but you know i mean reaction going on with brand that uh i don't think that they intended for Someone I do, told I me. Do love, uh, I don't, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I, I, I do love in interviews with um, Brand's actor how, like, I guess he, he's, he has very poor eyesight. So when oh, he does, does have he? his glasses on, he literally that's what I was about to say he literally can't see anybody. So oh, that's shit. why he's so good at pulling off this thousand yard stare. And apparently, um, <laughs> yeah. at one point, Sophie Turner like with like turn to him after a take and she's like Bren or whatever the actor's name is like you're really freaking me out how are you able to have this stare and he's like I'm sorry I just can't see anything <laughs> <laughs> so he just took his contacts out and that's how he achieved yeah right. that's what I was about to say I don't remember where I heard that um so then we cut to them walking down the hall and Danny is, is just ripping into Tyrion Right. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to find a hand who can fucking do shit if you can't fucking do shit. And then Tyrion looks at Varys and Jorah and he's like, I guess one of you guys is going to be the hand soon. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and Varys kind of looks like, yeah, probably, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Jorah, but <laughs> Jorah to his credit looks a little sad. So then we cut to uh, I Varys didn't have a line that whole yeah, episode. I know it's that like, whole episode. He's one of the most loquacious characters in the entire show. Who's so witty and you know, he's so poignant because he's one of the only true hearted people in the show. And well, we got get, him off his game. Yeah. <laughs> we get, we get his interactions with almost all characters throughout. And I think, and I think that this one was a lot about tying emotional bows up. Um, so I can get that. I mean, they, how sad is it for him that he doesn't have that? If think any, about how much shit that they juggled with, yeah. in this episode, though, without it feeling overladen or jumbled. You know, oh, I, mean, it's I get just, it. I'm just sad because I love Varys. I'm with you, brother. And how, here's the saddest thing I noticed. Episode 69 was 68 minutes long and they missed a huge opportunity and they could have put Varys in that last minute. Yeah. How about that? There it is. Right. Uh, there so should have been that to, fireplace scene. <laughs> we yeah, cut to Gendry uh, forging away. Uh, he's making all the dragon glass weapons. And um, Arya likes what she sees. Mm, yeah, look at Gendry <laughs> looking super hot in that forge. A, a little, yeah. I was uncomfortable. You know, Pound that axe. <laughs> Shape it. Just like the way he looks, because I've seen it multiple times, the way he looks up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't describe it. He's got like this like Guy Ritchie film, like Jason Statham, like the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, fuck. Yeah. Pound on this dragon glass. Yeah. Um, I'm just picturing him like striking a pose the entire time he's at the forge. Like just oh, yeah. in case she comes in. He knew she was watching. Right. He's peacocking in the forge. This scene has one of the funniest moments in the entire episode where, you know, Arya comes up to Gendry, not only to remind him that she needs to build him her weapon, but also because she wants to get the 411 on the whites and the white walkers. Yeah. Like, what are they like? Uh, mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, they're death. And Arya does her famous line from the trailer where she, you know, death has many faces. But as she's doing that, she starts throwing the dragon glass daggers at the pillar. And when she, yeah. the first time she throws it, it hits the pillar. There's a guy directly behind the pillar that like whips his head back like, the fuck? And then, <laughs> she, and then I never th- noticed that. She throws the second one. And after the second one, the guy's like, I'm out of here. And he like bolts off right. screen. <laughs> 
He didn't run <laughs> after the first one. I thought that was funny as fuck. I didn't notice that. I was this, so focused on the knives. This poor guy working in the forgery, and then this crazy girl just starts casually, nonchalantly throwing daggers at him. And right. and I, you know what? I you know, hot take here, but I think I think Gentry was into it. I think he was like, "Yeah, girl, throw that shit." Oh, for <laughs> sure. My note is uh, flirting with knives and death, yeah. right? Because that's essentially a long flirtation scene wherein they're talking about horrible things. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's showing off her knife skills. But I love that that look of respect. Cause he's he's procrastinating on making her weapon, right? Because he's got he's being a chauvinist essentially you know he's, sure. he's yeah. making the weapons for the men to use that's more important and, and he's then trying to get like, her to go to the crypts too and she's like look what i can do and he's like oh my god <laughs> that um, voice? <laughs> yeah yeah um i watched the behind the scenes of that scene and uh she's dropping the knives behind her back yeah i saw that Maisie too Williams. it was pretty dope and then they're just cutting to the pole. I just thought that was hilarious because, you know, we make films sometimes and I, I don't know how I, w- I would have shot that, but there's such a simple solution that's obvious mm-hmm. now. But anyway, <laughs> it's gone. You know, she could have trained night throwing. That's one of those skills where, um, night you know, throwing. It ha- it, yeah, it, ha- it happens with a lot of characters throughout the course of the show where it's like they're weirdly good at something and you, you're not sure where it would have come from. Like she's a water dancer, you know what I mean? And so she basically knows how to fence and then eventually she learns the bow staff. You know what I mean? Um, at some point she picked up wearing the faces. I don't know how she learned that, but yeah, at no point over that when they, we also saw her, um, shooting a bow in this episode and that made sense to me because it was a callback to I think the first episode where uh-huh. Bran, Bran's practicing and missing and Eddard's like which one of you was a marksman at 10 but uh and that calls back to her story to Sansa last season about how Ned caught her practicing when I love that because initially you just see that she's a prodigy and Bran's not Mm-hmm. But what's so much more revealing about Arya's character is in the later seasons, whenever that was, right? I guess it was last season. Um, you find out she had spent countless hours in that yard practicing the bow and no one was looking. And that's mm-hmm. why she was able to do that. You know what I mean? And it's a um, nitpicky thing, but uh, it was worth it, honestly, because throwing the, throwing the dragon glass was fucking dope. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. But I think we can just, and I know you know this, not to be a, you know, a jackass, but we can easily safely assume that we just, we don't even know the the breadth of Arya's com- combative skill at all. And anything that she pulls off, we're just going to be like, fuck yeah, of course she, right. she spent 10 years traveling the entire world. Like you're on Greyjoy style, seeing God knows what training mm-hmm. with all kinds of the best of the best. And she can just, she can do shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, and I like too that, but Gendry shows off a bit too, and you can see that she's turned on and impressed because she's like, you know, I need it to be hard, not brittle. And he just takes the axe and slams it into the log, and like it's it's hard enough, and walks away. I'll give you hard. She, she's really good about like raising a little eyebrow and just giving these tiny cues of like, hmm, mm-hmm. hmm. Forge and I love that. I was complaining last time about how uh, like she felt like she had more agency in the past, and now she's really like this episode is more human than she's been in forever yeah i fucking love it and i i'm really grateful and it's it's more relevant later but last episode i talked about uh, i think one of my questions i posed or something was about will aria ever get uh her human screen time right well we'll see some some emotional normal stuff from her as a character mm-hmm. and then the very next episode it was oodles of that <laughs> um 
so then we cut to uh, the Brandon Jamie reunion, um, which was nowhere near what anyone feared, uh, but also logically makes a lot of sense to me. So essentially there's immediate forgiveness. Brand's not angry. He's very wise and all knowing. So he can see that even though that that sucked, everything that needed to happen started with that awful moment. Right. So I wouldn't be the three eyed Raven. You wouldn't have been able to help with any of this quest. We wouldn't be where we're at. Therefore, it was necessary, not mad. And it's almost like it never happened to him. It's happened to Brandon Stark, who he is mm-hmm. no longer. Right. Um, and that's just an interesting take uh, on that interaction. And it didn't come off to me like they just brushed off that. It, it felt real to me that Brand would be like that, you know? Oh, for sure. And mm-hmm. it was really cool for Jamie to ask him like, you know, well, what happens after we win? Are you going to ra- Are you going to tell everyone after mm-hmm. we win? And uh, Brand's like, what do you mean by afterwards? And <laughs> implying that, Everyone could die. How do you know there's going to be an afterwards right. or something? Yeah. Yeah. And then it cuts. Uh, so it's like, oh, fuck. And then it like goes right back to a brand stare and <laughs> my day was made. <laughs> Has it ever been implied that he can see into the future? Is it only present and past? They only say present and past, but he's the three eyed raven. So right. I always, for all the way back to the books, I always read it as that's, you know, past, present and future an eye for each one. Hmm. Uh, past, right? present and super that would make sense but as of now maybe brand hasn't tapped into that power yet um Mm -hmm. i don't think he's done anything to you know illustrate that he can see the future i mean even when he was waiting for jamie in the courtyard all episode last yeah yeah that would be right well no i i oh yeah yeah he was totally i'm waiting for an old friend well i think oh no he he knew he was on his way yeah yeah he could just see you know, through ravens or weirwood trees or whatnot that Jamie's walking oh. up there. So he, he probably, True. he's, he's probably sitting there in the, in the courtyard, like, Oh, he's about, He's about two miles south. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if that were true, why would he just wait to go out there? It's really fucking cold. It's because someone wheeled him out there and he couldn't wheel back in. (laughs) So Brand's stuck in the mud. Brand's essentially got like an Uber app for everyone. Uh, Seven minutes away till arrival. Um, That joke was a dud. Anyway, so... um, I thought it was funny. I'm sorry. I was in mid drink. (laughs) Tyrion has his own walk of shame uh, to echo Cersei's sort of nowhere near. He's not naked and there's nobody shouting shame behind him or throwing rotten fruit at him. But other than that, extremely similar. Um, (laughs) He's walking through the courtyard and people are spitting at him. Everyone's getting ready for battle. You can tell he's beating the shit out of himself. Um, Yeah. And they've put, I just want to note like, Dragonglass caltrops everywhere and dragonglass mm-hmm. shards on the battlements and uh, they're really getting ready, which is smart. Um, mm-hmm. So really, anyway, really he's just cool sitting there beating design. the shit out of himself. And then we get the Jamie Tyrion reunion and Jamie asks a lot of questions about Daenerys because this is really the first time that he's thrown in his hat with her and... Um, classic Tyrion lines come up like at the age of 80, I thought I'd die with, you know, a bottle of wine in my ass and a girl's mouth or whatever he says. Yeah. Tyrion butt chugs wine, right? That totally fits oh, his character. Yeah. Now yeah, it was a good nice... callback. I think season one, when he last said that that's how he wanted to die. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. He said that to Jamie. Um, this was a great scene just cause I mean, it's always great to see the two brothers together. Um, in the few scenes they have over the season, it's always nice. Uh, they have a great rapport with one another. Um, I really enjoyed how Tyrion calls Jamie out on his bullshit where, yeah, Jamie says something yeah. along the lines of, uh, you know, Cersei, 
you know, you're not the only one Cersei's lied to. And uh, Tyrion's like, no, you've always known who she is. You just yeah. loved her anyway. And yeah, mm-hmm. she never fooled you. And Jamie's like, oh shit, I always knew she was a bitch. <laughs> um, and then Jamie's distracted by Brienne uh, over the battlements. And uh, there's the Brienne and Jamie reunion. Um, they have some some good banter and she's like really weirded out that he's being so respectful to her. Like you haven't gone this long ever without insulting me. And he's like, you know, they have this kind of almost like a couple spat. You're like, mm-hmm. you know, do you want me to insult you? And no, you know, and he's like, well, <laughs> well then I won't, you know, and it's, it's cute and awkward. And then he gets, up- he gets really sincere and says, Hey, I, I, I walked this way. I, I really want to fight for you. I'd be honored. Right. I picked up and on that Brienne scene. Can't when, even uh, like process uh, that. She's like, eh. When Jamie first walked up to Brienne, did you guys notice Pod kicking some ass on that with that sword? Yeah, oh, I got a note. Pod has come a long way. Yeah, Pod absolutely. Pod can go. Pod's a swordsman oh, now. Yeah, yeah, he's got a lot of talents, that Pod. <laughs> um, I saw it. Never mind. I'll, I'll just share he's that meme later. Magic cock. too. Right? Yeah. So um, then we cut to Jorah, who goes to Danny and vouches for Tyrion. Even though, right, like he has every reason to be jealous and and want Tyrion to fail, uh, but he's just such a good guy, and he loves oh, Danny man. so much. He knows Tyrion's good for her. Jay Bear is <laughs> such a good guy. I love Jay Bear. He's mm-hmm. the new stew. He's the stew of Game of Thrones. <laughs> such a good such guy. A, he's really got such is. a great voice. I would. Just, I just want Jay Bear to come tell me everything's gonna be all right every night. He just comes into my room. He's like, Steve, everything will be fine. While you're cuddling Jamie, <laughs> Steve, Jamie's cuddling me. Like, like I'm, little right, right, right. <laughs> I'm little you're spoon. I'm little spoon with Jamie. Thing. Ian Glenn is whispering into my ear. It'll be okay. <laughs> you know whose voice I love is the dude that plays Barrick. His voice is fucking dope. Yeah, that dude. I want that guy to like give me life advice every morning when I wake <laughs> up. He's like, "This is what we're gonna do." <laughs> I want him to be the minister at my wedding. All right, Barrick Dondarian. Just In get online. Costume. Fifteen minutes. You can be a minister. Or I guess is, you could do it. We could do the Lord of Light religion, right? You know, for yeah, an extra oh, fifty yeah. bucks, he'll he'll light the sword on fire. <laughs> um that's extra though okay so jorah convinces her to to forgive Tyrion and suggests offering an olive branch to sansa is what we can only assume because the scene cuts and danny walks in there um she asks uh the eastern lord guy fuck what's his name it's a really Yon important family voice yeah 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 i always thought he was way cooler looking in my own head when i was reading I know, books right? but he's that guy instead um <laughs> she's like i need to talk to sansa alone and it's it's, it's a, a beautiful scene two very powerful women just two beyonce's right sitting down they've never had a scene <laughs> alone together to my knowledge um i think Sophie Turner interviewed about how amazing it was to finally actually, she obviously knows Amelia Clark, but never got to, she only saw Daenerys Targaryen on screen. And so mm-hmm. that was an amazing moment for her, uh, which I thought was neat. Um, and then we almost get a reconciliation and then Sansa won't budge on the throne, right? The North has to be separate when this war is over and Daenerys is clearly enraged. And then we don't get a resolution to that. And I've got a f- couple flags to put down there. Um, I don't want to bring all this up before I get your all's thoughts on that scene, but you know, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I, um, I I thought it was really cool to finally get a little bit of FaceTime with them because that, I think, really is the first time we've ever gotten to see Daenerys and Sansa alone and, and see that power dynamic play out. Um, 
I, I, I thought that it, it was really unfortunate that we didn't get more of like, you know, we, we get a lot of, especially in these first two episodes, we get a lot of, uh, um, uh, poor timing interruptions you know what i mean like in, in that scene like my my queen there's a uh, there's been a raven or whatever and then when john is telling daenerys about oh by the way i'm actually Aegon, right, that's when the horns and that's flare. when the horns go off you know we, we get a lot of uh uh poor interruptions there so i would have liked to have seen the seen the scene go on a little longer what well, i guess that's kind of what i wanted to bring up since i mean since you fucking went there andy yeah. um that's what I do. both of those interruptions are in the middle of <laughs> Daenerys getting her Mad King on, right? Like you can Mm -hmm. see the rage building and you almost don't know what she's going to do. I almost thought for a heartbeat during the final interruption with her and John, I don't know why, but there was just this, the look in her eye and I thought, holy fuck, she's about to fucking slit his throat. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, Because she's, she's gritting her teeth and she's saying, you know, that would make you you would have a claim to the throne. You know what I mean? Right, just the right. way she says it, she's horrified and, and enraged. And then, and even in the scene with Sansa, you can see just the, I want to fucking burn you look on her face. Like, mm-hmm. how dare you? And with those two things in conjunction, do you think they're building more to some kind of crazed version of Daenerys, um, who just can't tolerate all this insolence? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I got an uncomfortable amount of that vibe and I've always been against that theory. I don't know. What do you think? They, well, I, I do feel like they've sort of uh, been, you know, setting down the breadcrumbs for what could potentially be a, a Mad Queen Daenerys. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that we're ever going to get far enough in the story to get to see that. Um, at least far enough in her story. I have a bunch of theories about her and her fate. Um, but... I, I do like the idea that maybe she does have a little bit of that Targaryen madness. You know, there's the whole, they say they, any, every time a Targaryen's born, uh, you flip a coin, but she's kind of in the middle. She's a grounded person that occasionally flies off the handle. And I mm-hmm. think it's really important for True. just the, the drama of the, of the series that she can, it can't just be, okay, now it's good against evil. We do need to have some conflict in between people. And what, what conflict would Daenerys have at this point? And the conflict that she's running into is what makes the most sense. Like right. the, pe- the people in the North aren't, aren't going to love her right away. And when John says, you know, that I'm the true <laughs> King, like she basically is coming to hostile, gave up her, her life's goal uh, and like she says to Sansa like I've only ever had one dream and I gave that up when I met your brother and right. ever since that happened she I'm fucking, not man- manipulating him like right. if anything I'm being stupid right like ever since that happened <laughs> fucking she lost a huge chunk of her army uh, she lost one of her dragons and she went to this cold shitty place where everybody's being real shitty to her you know what I mean like it makes yeah. sense for her to kind of yeah, be you're like, right it might just be smart writing to have here? her have that very hard to swallow. And that's right. kind of what I felt when we were talking before about uh, the scene where, like, did it make sense for her to just suddenly give up on killing Jamie? It's like, she, I, I think that she's feeling like this weird societal pressure at this point. You know what I mean? And so it's, I'm not going to do what everybody thinks I'm going to do. <laughs> Burn people. She's like a drunk chick at a party. <laughs> Who's coming with me, man? Um, yeah, that's, that's like, true. Uh, 
This actually is a, a, a like so we did a my wife and I did our rewatch today and when it was when we when we finished the episode my wife made me write this down because she's like you better talk about this on the podcast and tell them what I said or I'm going to be mad right. and she actually did your wife spoke, listen to this God no uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no she she um her favorite character is Danny and she feels like people are reading too much into the evil Danny thing. Mm -hmm. Um, she read that scene as like a lot of people are, you know, are saying like, Oh, Danny looks like she's really pissed. She's angry. But then my wife went on this giant ramp. She's like, she's this poor woman who's thought she's been the only one in her family, her for the last 10 goddamn years (laughs) running all across the country, begging, killing, leading to run the throne and now she gets up to this motherfucker's war and he drops his eggshell like, oh, I'm actually your cousin or nephew <laughs> and she, uh, she's she got all these emotions. Can, can you give her a minute to figure out her emotions? <laughs> can you give her a fucking minute to process this right. before no, deciding she's an evil queen? And I laughed because I mean, I think the whole Danny is the mad queen I was thinking about this all week is like, we actually have seen, I think we've seen Mad Queen Danny before. Mm -hmm. Cause I think the worst thing Danny's ever done was like back in season five when she just fed some innocent motherfucker to her dragon just to make a point to, uh, right. The, the, the masters. masters, Yeah. Yeah. She's like, Hey, my dragons are hungry. Oop. That guy got ate. Don't know if he's bad. (laughs) She also like crucified a bunch of masters and left them down the road. You know I mean? She's done some pretty fucked up shit. Those felt like badass and just, I mean, at least to me, maybe I'm fucked up. You're right. You know, these are slavers and they were badass, but there was also that wrinkle that, um, maybe not all those masters were evil. They were just, that was the society they lived in. And if you had just said, Hey, no more slaver, they would have been like, okay, but definitely most of those guys probably should have been killed the way they were. But, uh, what's his what face? She's been there through was that- and had to prove to a world of men. Like I always read it. i that's why I said I never trucked with this man queen shit because mad queen shit, because it's kind of like hound, the hounds view of, uh, of Arya, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you're a cold little bitch and that's why you're still alive. And that's how I've always viewed Daenerys's psychosis is just like that is the only reason people don't fuck with her a whole lot and she knows <laughs> that, that right sure that, um, Dan- Danny she, never comes off as particularly crazy if anything mm-hmm. she's just angry in the moment mm-hmm. and just really she's got a little temper to, she's hey, my bad yeah. I roasted somebody right she's almost like a conqueror you know what I mean? Like she's kind of forced into this role. Like, you know, her brother was the one who's supposed to, he's supposed to get the army because she married the call. And, um, then the call, the brother dies, uh, her husband dies. And now she's the leader of these few people. And now she has dragons. You know what I right. mean? Like it, that's she true. Sort of. In she order to be a stay to home mom. Them, right. But I'll fucking rule the world if you need me to. Um, Motherfucker's that, name was Dick on. I that was that reminds me of the tall joke that she made. She made fun of John. Uh, you know, my last boyfriend was taller. You know, right? <laughs> huge, huge dick. Uh, but he's dead. So I don't know if he um, got it from the horses he ate or what. But there was like a lot of horse stuff going on. Anyway, John's cool. Um, 
but that brings me to a, a second point that's always bothered me about John, not his height, uh, but he's his always girth, acting dick. like his girth. <laughs> yes. He's always acting like such a reluctant leader. Like, I don't want to be Lord Commander, but mm-hmm. I guess I'll do it. I'm really good at it, but I don't want it. And then I don't want to be king in the north. Mm-hmm. It's better for the north if I'm not king in the north. And then right. so then he finds out he's Aegon Targaryen, right? Like sixth of his name, protector of the realm. By what decree does he have to fucking tell Daenerys or live by that at all? Well, I think it's if he fun. has no real desire to be king, right? Mm-hmm. It just I think it just goes back to you know, he's Ned Stark's kid. He can't Exactly. He, he knows something. He can't be. A, I mean, he did this last season when he like told Cersei that he'd already pledged okay. to Danny. It's, he just can't keep a secret. He feels bad about it. He has sure. to be honest. If it's only for honesty's sake, why wouldn't he? Wouldn't that scene play differently though? Like he does it in this dramatic reveal, and he doesn't say, "Don't worry, I don't want to be king. I must. I still. I'm for you. We don't have to tell another soul." He just drops it on her, like so. I guess. I mean, yeah, technically. And that's what I was saying about king. the unlucky interruption like it was just he, he we didn't get a oh, chance to it. we didn't get a chance to see how john felt about the whole thing you know what i mean and uh i think that's and i'm skipping ahead a little bit here but like the whole uh jenny of old stones song that song jenny of old stones was uh the wife of uh Duncan Targaryen who abdicated mm. the throne for his love um, and I, I think that that was kind of like a thematic play into um, how John nice. feels about it yeah or how Daenerys might feel mm-hmm. yeah really too Very true. an illusion an illusion to what they expect from her Very true. and I know from Sam's standpoint he seems kind of hurt and angry that he'd much rather have John as king right sure um, well sure yeah that's his how, boy I don't know how the rest of the world, why can't they just both rule, right? Just get married. Yeah. Yeah. Like Davos said. It makes complete sense. I mean, anyway. Um, Oh, real quick. Before we move on from the Sansa Danny scene, there were two things that were not super related to the scene. They actually apply to any Sansa scene, but I, I I wanted to get your take on it. One of my coworkers, uh, he pointed out Sansa's costume this episode mm-hmm. and he was like i love sansa's costumes because it seems like every time she comes on she meets somebody new she takes some of them and puts it into her wardrobe and he was saying how her costume this episode looked like the unsully uh had that the huh. leather straps that they yeah. do and like over yeah. this over the course of all the seasons she just like compiles this story of who she's met on her, um, which I found, I I don't know if there's any, any, you know, validity to that, but I thought that was an interesting point. And then my, my second point is there's all these big scenes of like movers and shakers in Westeros, you know, planning and plotting and stuff. And somehow in all these scenes, there's Jan fucking Royce in the back are like, I don't know how I made it in this room. <laughs> yeah. I'm he just, just looking around like, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. And Bran watching from a bird's eye. I wonder um, what sweet Robin's up to. <laughs> there's another, there's another unique tidbit. Um, of note here in the the fandom, at least not in the actual context of the show, but are you guys aware uh, of the definition of a shipping war? Yeah. yeah where you, like you relationship, the relationship of one character versus another. 
Right. So shipping is where you're rooting for two characters to, to fuck. Right. And then a shipping war is when there's two of those things in at, at odds. Right. Mm-hmm. Apparently there's a whole school of folk who think that the reason Sansa is so cold, which it doesn't suit with anything else really, but it's, it's interesting that people feel this way is that she loves John, John romantically. Yeah. And that's that. why she hates Daenerys so much. Um, Gross. What do you guys think about that? So in the uh, original <laughs> treatment for Game of Thrones back or A Song of Ice and Fire back when it was a trilogy, um, the whole plot line was completely different. But uh, there was an interesting thread where John actually falls in love with uh, Arya. And yeah. uh, there is uh, a love triangle, a shipping war between <laughs> uh, John, Arya and Tyrion, I believe. And Getting so, grosser. Gross. Right. So, <laughs> and so these uh, these conspiracy theories about, you know, affection between siblings aren't completely unfounded is all is all I'm trying to say there. But uh, I, I don't think that there's a shred of evidence for that in the show. OK. And I won't spend too much time on it because I don't I don't truck with that either. I just want to throw a, it out a- there. There's a big shipping war between people who ship uh, Jamie and Bran and Bran and Tormund. That seems to be mm-hmm. a big thing yeah. online. Yeah. I'd much rather would see Bran and Tormund, but there's a huge Jamie and Bran school for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jamie Bran all um, the way. Woo-woo. I mean, Bran doesn't seem down for Tormund at all, but she could just, you know, who knows? She mm-hmm. might just be frightened at her own feelings, right? Like, <laughs> he's disgusting, but just in a hot way. Um, that goes into my theories for next season or next episode. Okay. <laughs> so then we get um, we're, the Sansa and Daenerys scene is interrupted by Theon's return. Uh, very satisfying, but very short. Um, Sansa just immediately in all of that coldness falls away. It's, it's a little bit gone when Brienne drops the news on her in the beginning of the episode and Sansa becomes, you know, more innocent Sansa for a second. Uh, but when she sees Theon, it's just immediately like an old brother, like just embraces him, um, forgives him, yeah, brings was, him in like, hell yeah, you can fight for us. That was nice. And it always like bothers that. me it, as a reader of the books. Theon is just super deformed. Right. And we don't know Theon's full arc in the books, but I can assume it's something like this where he comes back around after becoming Reek. But in the books, he's missing multiple toes from each foot, multiple fingers from each hand. Um, Mm. And I just wonder how it's going to play out that he tries to be a warrior again. If he does that in the books, you know what I mean? It's easy in the show. They're just like, he doesn't have a dick, but lots of people that fight don't have dicks in this show. Um, and like he's missing teeth, like an ear, like he's fucked up in the books. So I just find that every time I see him, I picture that and it's just creepier looking. It is interesting. Know. Just want to throw that out there. Yeah. I like that region. Yeah, that was great. Well, well done. And Dan- Daenerys is respectfully on, you know, looking on like, oh, I also like this guy. Everyone <laughs> likes these Starks more than me. <laughs> what the fuck um, so then we cut to the the Winterfell soup kitchen um, that Davos for some reason is not important enough to be doing anything else but ladling soup he's, a, he's an onion knight he makes a mean onion soup that's Hell true yeah. that's true a mean French so, onion and we get a Shireen callback. Mm-hmm. So this yeah. uh, little girl with a you know partially deformed face and yeah, they super burn her fiery right there. cute 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was the soup that burnt her yeah, the previous she, day. She burnt the roof. You know, that's why Davos's expertise was required. I don't know. Um, My apologies yeah, I, I, for what you're about to eat. I don't know why. I, I didn't super love Gilly's intrusion, but it, it worked for me. Um, I actually did love it. Um, and, and I had to read about it online to find out why I loved it. Uh, I just like seeing her. Um, she's pregnant, obviously, in the show. And so it yeah, seems like she has a, a talking point. Yeah. yeah, she has a much reduced role than she otherwise probably would have. Um, she all she had lot of bonding with um shireen too like shireen taught her to read and stuff and so it was like a, a mutual bonding True. between davos gilly and little unnamed yeah. warrior girl okay i love it now too then <laughs> but i did like the little girl's acting a lot um she's just like oh, i want to fight and mm-hmm. well we need somebody to protect the crypts you know somebody's really deft at handling children yeah. okay i'll protect the crypts then you know yeah. that's he made um, me cry so, I don't know. And then we cut to uh, Dolores, Ed, and Tormund, and their reunion with John. Tormund hilariously tackles John. You know, we get a comedic beat crow. there <laughs> as he's trying to greet uh, Dolores, Ed. I'm sorry. And then, um, did you call him Dolores? Yeah, yeah Dolores yeah. Umbridge. Yeah, I was thinking of Umbridge. Yeah. So that's where my notes end, and there's like 40 minutes of episode left, and we've already been talking for an hour. So. <laughs> Steve, with a quickness, take over, right. Jesus. Uh, yeah, so after that awesome reunion with uh, the gang, uh, you see more battle preparation, and that leads us into the war room scene where everyone's kind of, you know, laying the stakes for the battle that's to come. Um, Bran actually drops a really big uh, hit of information, and that is what is the Night King's goal? And I thought this was the only part that was awkwardly done Mm -hmm. because Sam, it just does. And I'm sorry. I mean, the the episode is brilliant. It's one of my top five of all time, probably. But this moment, understandably, from a writer's perspective, was just so awkward. So Bran does his little weird brand shit and gives the whole huge motive of the, you know, the Night King just drops it. Right. And then Sam like sums it up for the audience. Right. Yeah. He like waxes. So you're saying that if he kills you, (laughs) (laughs) I totally get it. Looking into the camera. You know what I mean? I'm like, ah, just saw the seams there a bit. I don't know. I don't know if you guys felt that way. So he wants to kill Bran because it'll erase the world's memory essentially. And that'll lead into the long night after he kills everybody. Right. Yeah. Which I don't, I, maybe there's He's more still got to go all the way that, to Essos and, you know, a shy and kill yeah. everybody. That's, right. that's a ways off. He's also going to get rid of all the books. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> but Metaphorical yeah, uh, books. Theon pledges to protect Bran, which was nice. Terrible that's, idea. It's a terrible <laughs> idea, but that's a good way for Theon to get his redemption if he wants redemption. Cause he did, you know, take the castle from Bran and, you know, kill a farmer's boy and pretended it was brand. No, I know. It's just, for me, this is where the show gets a little weaker because again, in the books, Theon is a, a very accomplished warrior. Uh, he's kind of just a fucking jackass in the show. Um, the ironborn are ferocious Viking pirates they're all kind of drunken jackasses in the show to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so he's like in the show's universe, <laughs> uh, my deformed bullshittery and all of my drunken jackasses will defend you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And just like, no, send Brienne. 
the worst hey, it's not going to be Theon by himself. He's going to be with Sir Twenty of House Goodmen, and they're going right. to protect <laughs> Bran and the, the gods. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case there's any raping or pillaging that needs done in the godswood, we'll be there. Oh, no, none of those skills are required, Theon. Thank you. We also that. learned that uh, Tyrion is being sent to the crypt because uh, we need his mind. He's, if he's people person. were to survive, uh, that was that a was sweet the, moment. Yeah, that was also one of the moments that they kind of beat beat you over the head with this episode, and that was like Tyrion's very smart. Tyrion's very yeah, smart. Right. Yeah. And then also, everyone's going to the crypt. Everyone's going to the crypt. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're saying so, there's going to be some kind of huge conflict in the crypts where Tyrion's brain will be useful? Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's going to fucking go Vulcan mind meld on a bunch of whites. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sending um, all of the women and children down to a place filled with dead people to hide from the enemies who can raise dead people to kill people. Probably not the most obviously good idea ever. Right. The dead are already I mean, here. There's only Rickon is the only like fresh corpse that could be of any danger that I can think of. We're just going to get like a headless Ned Stark rising from the grave. No, you know I mean? they like, like well, you boiled can, you his can, bones and put him in a sack and shit. You right. can raise skeletons though. Like there's been episodes where like pure skeletons are fighting people, right? Yeah, yeah, true. But I mean, that's not as scary. But they've got to break through like three feet of stone for for the most part. This is true. I don't know how big those crypts are, like how many Starks are down there, and I'm sure they're gonna do like skeletons busting out of the walls. I'm just saying, I'm not fucking buying it. Is what I'm getting at. Rickon (laughs) could get through his freshly dug grave. That's about it. He's gonna come out. He's not gonna run in a line, so he's gonna get caught by an arrow immediately, right? So <laughs> say Rickon can't even run zigzags, so <laughs> he ain't getting out of no um, crypt. Uh, Arya comes also, out like Shaggy Dog. <laughs> Arya poses the great question of can Dragonfire kill the Night King? And Bran responds, I don't know, no one's ever tried. And like his eyes roll back and he checks the annals of time briefly, like Googles it, and he's like, No one's ever tried. <laughs> um, oh, weirwood.net. No information came so, back. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Ask Jeeves. Um, you assume it's, it's, it's definitely not Google speed. Right. right. Uh, and then this this kind of bled into the next scene, which I think is very understated, and that is uh, Tyrion. Like, everybody leaves the war room except for Tyrion, who's like, I want to know more about brand shit. <laughs> and he yeah, he has, is smart enough to know this guy's important. Why is no one else wondering? Because everyone just accepts that brand can do shit, which I understand for plot reasons, with shocking speed. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I but forget who it was, weird. but somebody who literally just showed up, and like Daenerys or somebody, and he's like, well, how do you know that you're the king? Well, Bran told me, and it's like, so, you know, Bran knows like, shit. Yeah. And it's like, why does everyone just accept that Bran knows shit? Because he's I just mean, a weirdo in a wheelchair to it most might people. Be a, it might be a situation where no one accepts it. They're just like, I don't want to call bullshit on the cripple kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people, he says things that he could only know if he had strange powers, right? Sure. So some characters yeah. have experienced that. Definitely. Others have not, though, and they're still just like, hey, word on the street is shit's real with that kid. 
Um, I just thought, I mean, obviously for plot reasons, they have to brush through yeah, that, but it just sure. gets to me sometimes. Tyrion's um, is the only one in that castle who's willing to have a conversation with Bran for more than two minutes. I love that. <laughs> I, I would have killed to have just heard that story for the rest of the yeah, episode. Yeah, totally. That That's one I would have loved to have heard too. I was broken hearted, but it was hilarious. Bran's like, it's a long story. And Tyrion's <laughs> like, if only we were trapped in a castle at the edge of the world with nothing better to do. Get it? Because they are. <laughs> Speaking of being trapped in a castle, uh, we cut to Missande being trapped in the castle, desperately trying to find some human contact. Uh, and everyone's just kind of like, I don't know this bitch. I'm going to get yeah. away from her. She tries to go talk to some kids and they they run away from her. And then Grey Worm walks up and he's like, don't worry about them. They're assholes. Uh, right. And they have a, a cute little heart to heart. And uh, I'm going to take you to Hawaii when this is all over. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and apparently all of my remaining unsullied, which I don't think is cool with Daenerys. Because he's like, my people are not peaceful, which is a cool line. But then I thought, wait, is he taking all the unsullied? You can't, right. you can't do that. Can't do that, man. <laughs> I don't think. Also, are uh, they which not also, aware that if they win this battle, they're not going to stay in Winterfell? <laughs> <laughs> right. There's warmer places. Yeah, they're probably they going to go that. to King's Landing. <laughs> right. Did, did, did you guys... We, there's okay, 10,000 unsullied and we've never seen anybody but Grey Worm like be human or have a have a word. All right. And then I started like zoning out thinking, holy shit, there's like 10,000 other Grey Worms that are like just now figuring out what a hobby is and what they're into. Like somebody's making a fucking crocheted blanket somewhere in the unsullied like, I'm really good at this. <laughs> <laughs> We did have the one slightly humanized one when we were introduced to the Sons of the Harpy where he went to a prostitute just to be cuddled. You know what I mean? That was, that was oh, a yeah, human, yeah, yeah. Cuddle, human moment for one. Cuddler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He should have gone to Jamie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what were you trying to say, Steve? I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. Um, I was just going to ask, Does I know a lot of people got really bad premonitions from the scene. I wanted to get your guys' take on that. Yeah, that was kind of what I was alluding to at the beginning of the episode is like, this is like a Grey Worm's definitely going to die scene. But at the same time, you know, Brienne being knighted, um, you know, Theon's show of awesomeness. I mean, Jamie's redemption. Uh, it, it, there's so many like Tormund's hilarious titty milk joke. Um, they're all like setting you up to be really upset moments, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of hard to tell. I think gray worms is the most obvious for sure. Like they're, cause they're making future plans. He, he's the only one I can think of that dared make future plans, which is a bad move right. in Westeros. Uh, now that I think I, about it. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of think that, uh, Missandei is going to die and gray worms li- going to live and he's going to end up taking her ashes to Narth instead of taking her to Narth. It's going to be like a twist. Narth. I don't like that. Narth. Is that what it's called? (laughs) Narth. Yeah. yeah. I mean, or Narth or whatever, but yeah. What are you doing, Um, Lionel? I love Tyrion's line. I don't remember when he says it, but after the whole episode, he said it like 10 times where he's like, we're going to die. Everybody's like, we're going to die. And then it just cuts to Tyrion and he's like, I think we might live. (laughs) (laughs) He's kind of drunk and it's just fucking awesome. You know what? I think we're going to be okay. I'm feeling pretty buzzed now. Right. (laughs) I've got a better attitude. Well, right after Miss Andy, we got a, we got a night's watch reunion with, uh, Ed, uh, Sam and John, you know, you know, doing callbacks to their former night watch brothers, Grim and Pip. You mean Dolores. Also, uh, a, a surprise return, uh, ghost. 
<laughs> showed up in the background. Yeah. <laughs> they should have just left him out with all the effort they put in that fucking thing. He's just sitting in the back, like eating his dog bowl. You know what I mean? <laughs> that was super fan service. People were like, oh, thank God. The, the, fan, the fans want it. The fans want it. There he is. Fuck yeah. Do you think, do you think it could be just they, they threw him in this episode just to kind of remind people like, no, Ghost is there. So that next episode when Ghost actually does something more substantial, Ooh. it's not quite out of nowhere. Sure. I like that idea. Andy's nodding. It's obvious. I was hip to that as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, get- that's definitely the case. That's awesome. I'm excited. Uh, did you guys have any other thoughts on the Night's Watch reunion? Yeah, John hugged everybody but Barrick. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> Are you talking asshole. about the scene earlier? Oh, oh, oh you're I'm talking sorry. about the hound on the rampart scene with Barrick. We're talking about the no, Ed and no, Sam. That, that's what I'm saying. Like J- John runs up to give uh, Ed a hug, and um, Tormund jumps in, gives him a hug instead, and then he hugs Ed, and then he just yeah, shakes Barrick's hand. Oh, the, the original reunion. No, we're My talking about crow. when the three of them are standing on the ramparts, oh. looking out across the oh, field. My bad. My bad. Yeah. And they're yeah. talking about the Night's Watch and how they met and Gran yeah. and Pip and gotcha. Um, they they kind I of had forgotten uh, all those characters. Be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and how far? And that was funny. Huge fan service where because uh, I think Andy brings it up all the time. Where Sam was like, "I was the first one to kill a fucking White Walker. I killed Thins, and then Ed and I stole thin. a lot of books from the library. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like those are all equal in his eyes. I love yeah. that. That's the one that he ends on. Is the is the books <laughs> worst of all? We stole all these books. No, I thought it was a really well done scene with a lot of characters that, that we had forgotten about. Um, and it's almost like isolated the entire episodes, like one giant Game of Thrones intro where it zooms in on every part of the map. You know what I mean? Like we mm-hmm. get a scene from each section in time and each place and just get a little bit of nostalgia from all of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the early North that we got depicted there. And that was fun. Oh, well, next up, uh, yeah, we've made reference to this first part of the scene already, but it's the fireplace scene where we open up with just uh, Tyrion and Jamie, kind of reminiscing about wishing their, that Tywin was still alive because so he could see mm-hmm. his two sons fighting to save Winterfell. Yeah. <laughs> um, you could and- see Jamie's look at first, like, you wish Dad was here? Why? <laughs> Even though Tywin would be extremely useful in that circumstance, but still. Um, and then uh, they kind of reminisce about how Jamie used to be a golden lion and Tyrion was a drunken whoremonger, but those days are beyond them because now it, they are all about the perils of self-betterment. <laughs> and uh, that leads to Pod and Brienne joining. Uh, eventually Davos and Tormund also join, but uh, one funny note is um, Pod wants some of that, uh, some of that wine and uh, Tyrion gives him some, and Tyrion's got some, he's got some large pores. Yeah, that was all, like, just half a cup, and he just spills it everywhere, and Pod's like, fuck yeah, yeah they spark, Pod's face. They spark like... a joint. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it is, like, in my mind. Is what's, and that's amazing, that whole episode could have just been those people around the fire, yeah, and everybody would have been happy. Uh, I saw a tweet about that, and I totally agree. Um Absolutely fucking loved every bit of that. That's the part I'm most excited to watch a third time. Um, but yeah. yeah. There was something weird. My, my only, I don't even know if I would call this a complaint. It's more of an observation about this scene is that 
I think it, it has something to do with the staging of it. It seemed very, um, uh, local theater production to me where it's just, mm. they're in a giant open room with minimal chairs and like mm-hmm. people just walk in out of frame, like, Hey guys, what are we doing in this scene? And they do their part, at least the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's that- very theater esque for sure. I think that's, that's kind of Cogman style too. And I dug it and especially some of the way that they shot it. I thought they did bring some, um, some pretty heavy artistry into it. Like, uh, when Podrick starts singing the way that it's cut, is just going around the room and everybody's like, and especially Tormund's is hilarious. Mm. And then it <laughs> zooms in on uh, a close profile shot of Tyrion with the out of focus Podrick who starts singing. Right. You know I mean? It's just, I would have never, ever in a million years framed it that way or thought to shoot it that way. And I just thought it was really well done, but um, I know oh, yeah. what you, I know what you mean though. Just awful convenient. Like, Oh, is there a warm fire in here? Right. <laughs> I'm a primary character. I'll have seen <laughs> you already um, got the hound and Arya together. So they're not here. We also had in this scene, probably one of the greatest awkward moments of game of Thrones of all time. And that is, uh, is Tormund's backstory where he sits down. And he's like, do you want to know why they called me giant Spain? <laughs> <laughs> and he talks about, suckling a giant's teeth and right. she thought I was her baby. The entire <laughs> world read this as a 100% factual backstory. Really? And I read it as ridiculous <laughs> boasting and showing off for Brienne. And oh, yeah. Did you yeah. Guys, do, you, do you guys really think that that happened? Because most of the world seems to believe that that's his no. backstory and that's not no. how I took it at all. No, T- not Tormund at all. also used to boast about fucking bears. So, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Okay. I'm just wondering. Stick that's like the a way... baby seal. <laughs> such a creeper. <laughs> Dumb I, internet. I love that he um, chugged, how, the way he chugged that because like, he, he didn't even get like half of it. It was all going down his oh, yeah. It was hysterical. <laughs> Showing off, man. I saw like a trying meme to show said, off, uh, but failing. Tormund shooting his shot at Brienne all night. It was just that gif of the dude <laughs> missing every single free throw by a mile over and over. And I just thought that was hilarious. I do love um, when he first sees Jamie. He's like, I hear they call you the king killer. And he's like, yeah, some people probably do. <laughs> That's yeah. not quite right, but I'll give it to you. <laughs> yeah. We'll just let this guy in. Um, I know there's so much more to talk about. And we're running so late on time. I know we've really got to start wrapping it up. Um, there's obviously a couple of huge things left. Um, at least I don't know. I've lost well, count. Steve's in charge now. Let's blaze through it. Uh, Arya and a hound are reunited again on the battlements, and Barrett kind of awkwardly mm-hmm. walks in on it. And yeah, Arya I says, wanted a lot more from that scene. I don't know why they're not giving me enough hound Arya interaction. Yeah, um, I know you. you kind that's of feel- how I felt. In this scene, at least, I felt really bad for the hound, and Arya was kind of mm-hmm. like, "Fuck y'all, I'm getting, I'm getting laid." See, old farts, yeah. and right. <laughs> when when he, she's like, "Why are you here? Why don't you never fight for anyone but yourself?" And he's like, "I fought for you." That's kind right. of kind yeah. of sad. It's like, hey, by the way, I, I had say, a whole big redemption arc, and get, I, right. I helped build a church. Right. Arya. The guy from Deadwood was there. It was awesome. <laughs> um, briefly. But all I, mean, I want to say about the uh, impending Arya sex scene is that uh, I'm completely unsurprised by the internet's reaction. Uh, mm-hmm. Very disappointed in it. I think it's a lot of people and the reaction, uh, not the scene. Right, a lot of people feigning shock 
and disappointment and disgust because they think that it's propriety demands it, which is even more disgusting to me mm-hmm. um, that you can't just be honest and just be happy for the girl or whatever. Um, she is by far of age, both the actress and the character. Um, it's the first super real moment we've gotten in, in seasons of her being able to experience some element of normal life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, something human and uh, damn you for trying to shit on that moment. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it was well, a good I'll, scene. I'll be honest and say I was uncomfortable the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> I know you tweeted that. I saw it. Yeah. I watched Why? it. At, I watched it again today and I, I wasn't as uncomfortable, but I was still like, you know, it's that thing where, uh, you know, like I'm not, I'm not one of those people who are like, Oh, the scene shouldn't have happened. You know, Arya shouldn't no, sure, be able sure, to have sure. sex. It's just, it's just, I, I come from it as like, you know, seeing this girl grow up, you know, for so many years, um, it's almost, it almost is like watching your sister have sex with somebody where it's kind of like, uh, good for you. I, I feel weird watching. And, right. uh, and and to be and to be honest, I actually wasn't I wasn't sure what Maisie Williams' age was. So as soon as it started happening, I was one of those people like, well, how old is she? Like, can can right. they do this? <laughs> and then I but saw that she was twenty two, and I'm like, oh okay, then she just looks way younger than what she really she is. Does. She does. She definitely does. Yeah. Those same um, people are jerking off to deep fake videos of uh, <laughs> Hermione Granger. You know what I mean? Like, ew. It's like, oh, I watched her grow up. I can't be turned on by this. It's like, yeah, you can just chill. You're fronting out for the Twitter, bro. And I right. don't appreciate it. Yeah. That's kind of how I felt too. But uh, I thought it was a wonderful moment. And I thought more people should have been doing that. Right. If you really think about Okay, potential last night on Earth. What? How do humans react? Right, Tyrion's definitely getting drunk, but um, and Torment was trying like hell. God love him. You know, like (laughs) he even brings it up. Like we might die tomorrow. Right, pretty likely. She's like, "Mm, yeah, it's gonna suck. He's like, oh, yeah. uh, So going through, you know. Continuing to blaze through, uh, Tyrion, we mentioned this earlier, Tyrion thinks he'll win. Um, and then that brings us to the great uh, knighting ceremony of Brienne. Um, mm-hmm. which Phenomenal. Is I the, cried like a baby. Yeah, it was my it was favorite scene. Uh, scene of the whole episode. It's the titular scene. Um, I really love when Jamie stands up and he's like, do you want to be a knight or not? There's this really great moment where Brienne looks at Pod after she says, like, I don't really care about being a knight. And you look at Pod mm-hmm. and Pod's like, go fucking do it. Go, yeah, get, you get your night on. <laughs> Treat yourself, girl. girl and, you uh, want it. Yeah, it's a awesome moment, and I love that it's sparked by Tormund, who doesn't understand the tradition whatsoever. Right? Mm-hmm. He's from a culture that somewhat respects women fighters uh, a lot more, and he's Fuck like, "Wait, mention." And it's all sparked by a drunken. Uh, really, it's sparked by the, a drunken mistake where he calls her, you know, someone calls her Sir Brienne, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is awesome. And there is some like uh, non-binary spirit of the times elements to it, which I really loved. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. As far as uh, gender roles and what are assigned. and um, But just you get to see a close up of every single character being so sincerely happy for her. Um, mm-hmm. And it's almost like this mirrored image of each actor being so happy for Gwendolyn. And I don't know. I just, it's, I was crying like a baby. Loved it. That was a really good scene. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, really great. Um, from there, you know, 
Jay Bear's talking to Lady Mormont, and Sam comes up and gives him Heartsbane because he owes Jior Mormont uh, some more favors, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another um, little plot thing. So we get somebody who can actually use a a white killing blade in the impending mm-hmm. battle. So that's going to be fun for sure. I love that Liana Mormont's like, no, fuck that. I'm fighting. I don't care yeah. if I'm 11. She's so feisty, and I think she'll survive. Yeah. I think she's going to end up bad for whatever, you know, enemies decide to <laughs> fight her. Like, Jesus Christ. Right? <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, and then uh, that leads to Pod sings a song. He sings the Jenny Voldstone song. It's a beautiful montage. We hear Pod's glorious voice, uh, but we also get to see a lot of human connection moments between Sam and Gilly and little Sam in bed. Um, Sansa and Theon are having a nice bowl of Davos's famous onion soup with the commoners in the courtyard yeah um aria and gendry are in a post coil and like not even an embrace uh gendry seems to have passed out and aria is <laughs> she looks seemingly... very disappointed <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah she does <laughs> i saw me and said she's saying i should have fucked pod and uh, should have <laughs> it was hilarious yeah definitely but by, by uh, all accounts definitely should have miss andy and did Grey you guys Worm. immediately think of uh peregrine Took uh, Pippin, right? Pip. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. It was very oh, Lord course. of the Ringsy when he started singing. Because I'm, I'm proud. I don't. I, I, that occurred to me long before I saw that that was the obvious take on it on the internet, right? And I just, I was like, holy oh, that shit. Was, yeah. That was my instant thought because you yeah. know Pip's song in Lord of the Rings is such an a standout moment in that film. Yeah. Right. Um, and and that, I, so that's a lot of people are just yeah. read it that that was an intentional nod. Um, I don't know if that's what the creators prefer to have seen that way or not, but um, it could be because they refer to next episode as, you know, uh, the director the said it's bigger than Helm's Deep. So there is yeah. some sort of Lord of the Rings, at least on their mind in some way, shape or form. I'm sorry, Chris, you were asking if we got that right away. No, no, not at all. Actually, I saw your tweet that said that it was super Lord of the Ringsy. And that's yeah. when I was like, oh, yeah, hell yeah. Um, right. But no, I, it stood out to me as being like the uh, the moment of impending the, the calm before the storm. You know? Sure, sure. Like, but well, this, yeah. yeah, this whole episode is just but it's such the build a up to the, the base drop of next week. Um, <laughs> are, are we ready to, to give a couple light predictions and wrap this up? Uh, sure. Yeah. Do we have any scenes left after that? Was it just the... Well, yeah, that's what I was well, getting oh, at. It, it leads into... Uh, so we have Miss Andy and uh, Grey Worm locking lips in a final embrace. Jay Bear's preparing the, the battlements outside on a horse. We lead to Danny and John's conversation in the crypts, which we've touched on already. And then the mm-hmm. final shot is uh, Tyrion looking out across the field. That was field so fucking and, well done. And the White Walkers are there but mysteriously no night king with them just a bunch of regular white walkers that's and one thing so i've been thinking and I, I was talking with a few friends and it, it didn't occur to me honestly it was it's one of those like friend theories that i try to avoid because now i can't quit thinking about it um so the night king's not there the dragon's not there we just see a bunch of the the generals right um mm-hmm. so where is the night king Yep. Is he there at all, or is he flying the dragon to King's Landing for a surprise destruction? Or perhaps it occurred to me, this one is my thought, uh, the Iron Islands, maybe, to kill Yara, who's there to do things good for Danny, but instead of being 
you know, Cersei's people. It's unfortunately Yara. Who knows? Because he can't swim, but he could fly to the Iron Islands, right? Yeah. I he goes be, and conquers all of Essos because they're just immune to this entire <laughs> thing right now. Because I don't know that it would be very emotionally satisfying for the Night King to kill Cersei. Uh, but it would be extremely sad in Game of Thronesy for him to show up surprisingly in the one safe spot in Westeros and kill Yara, who everybody loves. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That's my crazy prediction, I guess, for the next episode. Um, that the Night King's not going to make an appearance? And Or no, that he, he will. I, I oh, guess. Oh, not, not an appearance at the battle. Right. At that yes. battle. Yeah. Yes. And the whole little like lure for Bran will be a dangerous, harrowing event where it's not the Night King, but a few of mm-hmm. those generals and they go down. Yeah, I, I agree 100 percent because they basically the whole plan that John and everybody at the war table had was we got to we can't win this fight. We got to try to take out the Night King. And right. How could it possibly go any worse than the Night King isn't actually there? Right. And it, it makes sense to me. I, I agree that. uh the Night King heads to King's Landing and turns them. So when I think when Winterfell inevitably cannot win that fight and they have to start fleeing south, then they're met with another army advancing from the south heading north because right. they just King's Landing's like a million people. Um, oh yeah, they do make that number known uh, last season. Mm-hmm. John's like, how many people are in there? And Tyrion says a million, give or take. Right. But really, you think? Cersei's going to go down like that? Oh, I, well, I mean, she, so, so that's they my also, theory. Shh. Go ahead. Oh, oh, I was going to say, there's also, they make mention in, I think, season two, that underneath King's Landing, there's like 50 miles of tunnels meant for escape routes. So uh-huh. Cersei can easily leave and make it mm-hmm. out of King's Landing while the entire city dies. <laughs> Interesting. And, and that could lead to even more awkward, like, oh, now you're bringing your army north, I see. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, I mean, what you and what army? Okay. Yeah, that's definitely that seems very likely. Um, no matter which way it shakes down, I don't know. I don't have any death predictions. I just, I kind of can't even right now. Um, They're all gonna make it. They're all gonna make it. They'll be fine. Everyone's gonna be fine. I don't know. I want to make predictions but at the same time, Chris. I know you're averse to uh, pre- predictions and theories because if they could potentially plow out to be true i mean if like you said if it's a particularly smart person that comes up with this theory and it's really well thought out right I so don't you can't be that speak guy. for right. sure <laughs> <laughs> well you know what I mean? it does remove some shock value even not that it's not fun to talk about but you know what i mean like yeah oh, like sure. now i'm so convinced of this wayward night king theory <laughs> zero shock i like I mean, the name of this theory a, right <laughs> there'll be there's a separate feeling of i knew it which has its own satisfying tinge mm-hmm. but not quite as holy shit satisfying right sure sure um, i, I think Tormund's definitely going down probably tomorrow or probably mm-hmm. next sunday yep um maybe even jorah has a strong chance with how much we love how nice he's being right now um, and how many things he's already survived. Um, Do you and think I think Brienne's going down since her character uh, arc is wrapped. I do not. No, I think that's how Tormund goes down. Oh, he saves saving the big Brienne. Mm-hmm. Ooh, see Andy. See what I mean? It's, yeah, extremely yeah. likely. <laughs> now I'm upset. <laughs> uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Anyway, right into your theories. Um, 
at streamingthingspod at gmail.com. That way we can verify, right? You had some smart things to say prior hand. Um, and also, which was a terribly unsmart thing to say, I just said prior hand. <laughs> <laughs> it's extremely late here. My lovely beloved is trying to sleep behind me and all it's it's really a sad affair so um hard for me to think but email streamingthingspod at gmo.com uh we'd love to hear your thoughts on the show both our show and game of thrones um need your support share it when you can tell all your friends about it we're, we're fighting amongst a sea of uh other podcasts that uh, have a lot mm-hmm. bigger budget smarter yep. people uh, that's about all I got. You guys got any closing thoughts? I just, I can't wait. I've never been so excited for a, an episode of a show than I am for this Sunday. I have to agree. The longest like, battle scene ever filmed coming yeah. this weekend. I'm really excited for next week's episode. I can't wait to get the, the small council of streaming things together, discuss it. And also Jan Royce will be here for some reason because he's in every right? council meeting. <laughs> he's just standing in the back of the room. Well, and I don't I'm sure... know how I ended up here. I'm sure Brand's outside my house with his eyes rolled back in his head, just creeping. (laughs) That's about all we have for this week. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this has been Streaming Things. Streaming Things. Streaming Things. Streaming Things. That doesn't sound right. (laughs) (laughs) Edit point. come pouring out your cunt mouth I'm gonna have to eat every fucking chicken in this room welcome back sorry <laughs> real quick I just am aware yeah. of something there's something going on <laughs> in my kitchen that's making a lot of noise that just kicked on hold on let me grab that alright okay it's his wife he just beats her <laughs> we just hear ah! <laughs> something going on in my kitchen making a lot of noise why do you make me do this to you <laughs> Steve we're joking about you being a wife beater and you're not going to know about it until you listen to yeah, this recording it's awesome. later. <laughs>